three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 20s and 20 podcast, where we cover everything you need to know about your 20s in only 20 minutes. I'm Mallory Metz, and this is As Good As It Gets. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of 20s and 20. I'm Mallory Metz, and today we have a very exciting guest covering an exciting topic. We have Meredith from Plus One Planning. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. So happy we can make this work. Why don't you go ahead, before we get started, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, your name, your age, where you live, all that good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I am Meredith. I'm 26. I live in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. I'm about an hour and a half from Appleton, Fox Valley, Wisconsin. And I am a wedding planner, relatively new to the field. Just started my career about six months ago, and I have about 85,000 followers on TikTok. I love that. I'm so excited to talk about how you came into this, how you got started, and then of course, some tips for people who are also looking to plan their own wedding. So I guess first and foremost, how did you become a wedding planner? Was it something you wanted to do? Did this sort of just find you? What went into that? Yeah, it was sort of a whirlwind. Um, I've always had a passion for wedding planning. I mean, I think every little girl growing up has a Pinterest board of her dream wedding, and she starts working on it in high school. Well, when I was in high school, I had 30 different wedding boards because I couldn't (laughs) narrow it down. So um, I definitely would say wedding planning is in my blood, but it was not my first career. I was actually working in the special needs community. I worked at a high school as a uh, special needs job coach for over eight years. And then I was just helping my family and friends plan their weddings on the side for fun. But, you know, I always was saying in my next life, I want to be a wedding planner. Maybe someday. I never really thought that it would happen. It was just a hobby. But then last summer when mm-hmm. the pandemic was raging, um, it was really the perfect opportunity. My my husband and I knew that we were looking for something where I could work from home and spend more time with our, my daughter. Um, and so actually my husband and I were coordinating a wedding on a weekend. And I said to him, like, I think I could do this full time. Like, I think I could stay home and I think I could do this. And he was so supportive and we jumped right in and I quit my job the next week and we started my LLC the next month. And That was in September. Now here we are. I do think the pandemic has pushed a lot of people that I've talked to on this podcast into like pursuing their passions and some of their hobbies and like turning it into their lifestyle. So I think that's really cool to hear. You know, this podcast is all about being in your 20s and exploring new things in your 20s. But for someone who may be in their early 20s, who hasn't tipped the scale necessarily on their wedding bucket list yet. Can you explain a little bit about what a wedding planner actually does and what what it goes into it and how scalable it can be? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So first off, like what doesn't a wedding planner do? (laughs) Um, I mean, as a bride or whatever pronouns you use as a wedding planning couple, you have so much on your plate. You have a job, you have a social life, you have pets, you are probably going, well, in, in not a pandemic, you'd be going out to drinks with your friends. So like it's, there's a lot that goes into planning a wedding. So a wedding planner is the expert that leads the way because really I like to think that everyone is only going to plan one wedding in their life. So why should they know Mm -hmm. how to plan a wedding? So of course you should have an expert that leads the way. So a wedding planner oversees the whole process from day one. We're going to work on creating your budget and I'm going to make you stick to your budget, designing those wedding colors and your decor and your theme. Every month I'm going to hand you a checklist of things that you can work on. And then as your wedding planning goes on, I'm going to help you set up your venue tours and your appointments. 
I'm going to read the fine print in your contracts. I'm going to create your timeline. I'm going to like advocate for the bride or the couple when, you know, all of those unwarranted opinions start showing up from your friends and family because everyone's got an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> My goal as a wedding planner is to take the stress out of wedding, wedding planning for you because your engagement should be a really happy season of your life. And if you're stressing about it, you need to take some stuff off your plate. Yeah, I totally agree. I can't believe there's people out there who get married without a wedding planner, just from like you said, all of the craziness that goes into it. But for someone who, you know, maybe didn't consider this as an option or is just starting to, what kind of budget do you feel like couples need to have a wedding planner? And does it vary? It absolutely varies. And I don't believe that hiring a wedding planner is something that only luxury weddings can afford or that it's only for wealthy couples because on a couple different levels, it's so scalable. First of all, there's a vendor for every price range, just like you could find a photographer or a venue for every price range. If you look hard, there is a wedding planner that's available mm -hmm. in your price range. And actually working with a wedding planner can help you keep your budget in check because they're going to hold you accountable so you're not doing any unnecessary spending or you're making sure that your spending is in alignment with your priorities. And then also even the smallest budgets can ben benefit from a wedding planner because you don't have to hire a full service wedding planner if that's not in your budget. A lot of wedding planners are available for hire by the hour. So you could just do a pick my brain session and just get on the phone for an hour, two hours just to get the groundwork set up or just to have them review your timeline. So whether you need someone for the whole year and a half of your engagement or you just need someone to fine tune the last little details and just hire someone as a day of coordinator, there is a vendor at every price point for every couple. That makes sense. And then I know you mentioned that going full time with wedding planning has really just happened in the last year or so, but how many weddings would you say you've helped to plan? And do you feel like you're helping more people now thanks to TikTok? Oh my gosh, that has been so world changing for me. I was so skeptical to get on TikTok. I mean, I'm only in my 20s, but I'm like, I, that's a that's a old, that, I'm too old for TikTok. That I can't yeah. be on TikTok. But you know, you just sort of take the plunge and you do it. It's been amazing. To answer your question, I've only been in this field professionally for about six months, but I have done six weddings thus far and I have two more coming up. But TikTok has actually led me to two different weddings for local clients who have found me through TikTok. It's so funny. Oh, wow. They'll send me an inquiry form. How did you meet? And they'll say that they're from Appleton, which is where I'm from. And on TikTok, which is absolutely crazy. And then they'll say, it, it feels like I know you. It feels like we already are good friends. And I think that's so wonderful to have that connection with 85,000 people. It feels so intimate, but so large at the same time. What's been your favorite wedding that you've planned or wedding planning moment or just like a favorite wedding moment that you have? Just would love to hear that. Absolutely. And this one is actually about the wedding that my husband and I were working at when on the drive home, we were like, well, why not full time? Why not just jump in with two feet? So this actually was a wedding that I did over the summer, this August. And the couple was originally slated for a 2022 wedding, but then the pandemic and they decided they didn't want to wait. And then they pivoted and they moved their new wedding date to be less than two months away. So from when they decided they didn't want to get married a year and a half from now, they wanted to get married in two months. So we hustled, mm -hmm. we got it done, we put it together. 
It actually took place on a friend's private property and it was small and intimate. The wedding was so full of love. I really love when a wedding is just so authentic and you could tell that they were just getting married for the right reasons. And it wasn't all about the fluff and the pomp and circumstance. It was beautiful. It really was. But it wasn't about that. It was about getting married. Yeah, I love that. But really, to dive into tips for people who are, you know, starting the wedding planning process or just got engaged or, you know, are still dreaming, still creating that Pinterest board. I guess the first question I have for you is, obviously, listeners are all over the country. How can someone go about finding the perfect wedding planner in their area? I think the best way to do it is not to go on the wedding websites, the not wedding wire, and to see who's suggested on there, because that's artificial. I think the best way to find a wedding planner in your area is to hop on Instagram and just see who you naturally start interacting with. Who are the photographers that took your friend's engagement pictures? Or if you follow your wedding venue, who is the wedding planner that's working with that venue often? And this goes for wedding planners or any other vendor you're looking for, a photographer or a florist. Instagram and the power of social media, you're going to start to see those connections between the other vendors working together or people you follow on Instagram, the weddings that they're attending or the weddings that they are hosting. And you're going to start to see a whole plethora of different planners or different photographers and start following the ones whose style you like. And once you start following a handful start interacting with their stories, especially Instagram stories, because you're going to get this really intimate behind the scenes look in their life, which won't only give you a glimpse as to how they work, but also as to their personality. Would you get along with this person? Would you go out to eat with this person? Because Mm -hmm. your wedding planner and your photographer are two people you need to be best friends with on your wedding day. So if your personalities don't mesh, it's not going to be a good working relationship. So really, really find a way on social media to get that intimate behind the scenes look into that that vendor's life. And then when you feel you really mesh with someone, then you can hop onto an email or onto their website and send out an inquiry and then start getting um, your consultations and seeing if they align with your budget and then move forward from there. My next question was actually going to be, you know, how to find vendors in your area. And I think that is a great way of putting it. I think it really helps to make those organic connections. And like you said, are you going to get along with them? Are they going to help you create your perfect day? And if they're not, just move on to the next one. But yeah, it doesn't have that obligatory feeling that some of these other websites like The Knot and whatnot have. When people are starting to build out their wedding timeline, people come to the table and they're like, I don't know what to do. So as soon as you get engaged, the very first thing you want to do once you're engaged is just enjoy it. I don't want you to plan anything for a week, two weeks, a month, however long it takes you to really soak in that honeymoon period. Take as much time as you need. There's no rush. You're going to spend the rest of your life with this person and you don't have your wedding date picked yet. So just enjoy this period. Just hold on. And then when your aunt or your mom or whoever is like, oh my God, do you have a dress? Do you have a date? Just say, (laughs) I'm just enjoying this for now. I'll plan when I'm ready. So then when you are ready to plan, when you have a good headspace, there are three things that are really important for you to tackle before you ever schedule a venue tour. You really need to have that awkward budget conversation 
It's a horrible conversation, but you have to have it. So sit down with your partner and talk about how much you want to spend on your wedding. Where is this money coming from? Are you putting it on a credit card? Are you pulling it out of savings? How are you going to put that money into savings? Are you going to put it on some airline points? And then you need to talk with your parents because your parents may or may not be making a financial contribution. Either way is fine. But if they are, you need to know about it. And you need to talk with your parents about where is that money going to be spent? And you need to set some very clear boundaries and expectations about how much input and opinion are you willing to tolerate from your parents in exchange for that financial gift? Because just because your parents are giving you money doesn't mean it's their wedding to plan. It's still your wedding. So you really need to draw that communication and draw that boundary with them so you know whether or not that money is worth accepting. Mm -hmm. And then as part of that really big budget conversation is also creating your guest list. And it, creating your guest list as one of your first wedding planning steps feels counterintuitive, but it's not because you need to know, are you planning a wedding for 150 people or 300 people because your guest count, however many people you're hosting, that's going to affect what size venue you mm. rent or how expensive your dinner can be or how many tiers your cake needs to be. So your guest count really is the snowball effect. You can either decide to have a large wedding at a certain price point or you can set your price point and then decide how many people you can host within that. The three things you need to know are your budget, your guest count, and then the third thing is your priorities. Because wedding planning is not one size fits all and not everyone needs a four tier wedding cake. Some people are totally cool with cupcakes or some people would really just rather cut corners on flowers. And there's no wrong way to plan your wedding, but you need to know how you are going to allocate your budget in relation to your vendors. I think those are a great three that you mentioned. Speaking of guest count, my next question you may or may not have the answer to, but... How do you go about having the uncomfortable conversations of you're not going to be a bridesmaid or you're not going to be a groomsman or whatever you're going to call it? How do you always give advice on this? Would love your point of view. Oh, it is such an awkward conversation. It's so hard because these are our friends and they do want to celebrate with us and they genuinely want to support us. And it can be such a hard spot when who knows why, maybe you are just planning on keeping your wedding party small and just your immediate family, or maybe there's a disconnect on how you view this friendship versus how they view this friendship, whatever the situation is. It really is a difficult conversation to have. First of all, I should speak to not the bride, but all of these guests don't put any expectations on somebody else's wedding. It's not your wedding. Let the bride decide who is going to be in her wedding party. And you as a guest should just be honored to be invited and to celebrate and help support them in any capacity at all. When you put pressure on the bride, it's only going to make the situation more awkward. So, but anyway, mm -hmm. so if you are in that awkward position, my advice is to find something to say that's both honest you don't want to lie to your friends, but to keep it vague and gentle at the same time. So instead of saying, we're really not that close of friends and I don't want you in my wedding party. Instead, you could say something to the effect of, we're only keeping our wedding party to our siblings because we just really want to honor family. And I know we've been friends for such a long time. We've been planning our weddings together since we were in the sixth grade, but 
I only am going to have my sisters standing up next yeah. to me. So something that's gentle and honest, but not too honest. I totally agree with that. And I think every situation and every conversation is going to have a different scenario behind it. But I think that's a great guideline. Stick to the truth, but don't be brutal, et cetera, et cetera. My next question is tips to not go overkill at the open bar. And I'm not referring to your guests. That's going to happen if you do an open bar regardless. But I'm speaking from the point of the person getting married. Like, how can you make sure that you have a couple drinks, but still enjoy your wedding, but don't forget your wedding? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) And actually, it's really funny because I live in Wisconsin. If anyone (laughs) knows anything about Wisconsin, there's one thing we're known for. (laughs) And that is drinking beer. (laughs) That is it. And it's funny because I don't handle alcohol well, so I very, very rarely drink. But of of course, when it's your wedding day, people are going to say, come on over here, let me buy you a shot or come do a drink or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is too much for me. I know what my limit is. And I was past my limit four drinks ago. (laughs) So Uh um, it's really easy. And also it's your wedding. You're celebrating. You you are having um, mimosas and champagne while you're getting your hair and makeup done and you're just enjoying the day. My favorite tip, is when you've had enough, sneak over to the bartender and make like a secret pinky promise pact with the bartender and say that every time someone wants to buy a shot for the bride, the bride will be taking shots of vodka from here on out. But the secret is (laughs) the vodka is water. (laughs) We love that tip. (laughs) I definitely used that personally at my wedding. Meredith, I end every podcast episode talking about pet peeves relative to the subject we've been talking about. So today I would love to hear any of your pet peeves you have around getting married and the wedding process or the planning process that goes into having a wedding. Anything you have would love to hear it. Okay, this is such a heated topic and I always feel so skeptical (laughs) to bring it up because I don't know who I'm going to offend. But let me just get it out of the way and then I'll explain why. I personally cannot stand pompous grass. I don't really know if you know what that is, but it's just like a decor trend right now. And it's not that I hate pompous grass. It's not that. It's just that it's just everywhere. It's just so oversaturated on Pinterest right now. And my biggest pet peeve is when you just see these things circulating for the sake of being trendy and you're like, Mm -hmm. do people actually like this or are they just doing it because it's cool? Are you planning your wedding in this style because it's authentic for you or because it's going to get you your Instagram likes? Because last time I checked, I don't care about how many Instagram likes I get on my pictures and your wedding day is your wedding day. You're going to have these pictures forever and you're going to look back on them in 10 years, 15 years, 50 years. And you want something that's an honest and true reflection of you and your fiance and what's authentic to you guys. And if this is just cool and trendy, you're going to hate your pictures looking back on it. I don't know. It just gets under my skin and it drives me nuts. Just plan the wedding that's authentic to you because if you love it, it doesn't matter if it goes out of style. Totally, totally. And I I also feel like looking at these pompous grass may be a great like engagement photo shoot, like get your trendy engagement shot. But on your actual day, like you said, if this isn't who you are, stick with something closer to that. Okay, Meredith. Well, I think we have plenty of content for today, but just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for powering through the technical difficulties with me. Um, This was really great. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go to our Instagram, follow us, give us a like, give us a shout out, tell your mom, tell your grandma, and leave us a comment. Thanks for joining us.